It's good to see you this morning, and uh, I appreciate this opportunity. Eric and Melissa are away this weekend, and appreciate the opportunity to uh, get to uh, speak and stand in for him. Uh, I think I know most everybody, and if I haven't seen you in the last year, I am uh, the father of the worship leader that was just up here a few moments ago, or at least that's uh, how I'm identified these days. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, so uh, good to see you. I want to uh, get right into it. A, a couple little things. Uh, I wasn't here in time for a sound check, so this may or may not sound good. Or I, I stuck the mic on me where I thought it uh, where I thought it would work. And then uh, it's been a little while since I've used the clicker here, so let's make sure that yeah that works. So. Um, if you have a Bible, you can turn with me. If not, I've got the uh, verses uh, uh, on the screen for us. <clears throat> I want to talk to you for, uh, let's see, they've moved the clock as well. So that back there's the clock. I want to talk to you about uh, m- maybe one of the most vital, important uh, subjects that could be uh, brought up. Um, it affects every person in the room. It affects every age group. You need it for every stage and phase of your life. And at the same time, it's going to be one of the most neglected things because most of us just sort of live with whatever, how much of it we have. And that's the, the, the idea of wisdom. Uh, if you are going to truly um, make strides or advance uh, in life, Christian or non-Christian, you're going to have to have some wisdom beyond your years. If not, you just what we're going to do is just simply repeat the same mistakes of the last generation. In order to not repeat the same mistakes of the last generation, you're going to have to get some wisdom that is a little more than what your own experiences allow. And you say, well, how in the world do you do that? Uh, because it would seem, you know, sort of doesn't wisdom come from... Uh, sort of our mistakes and the things that we do wrong and we learn from them and we grow. That is true. But as you'll see, you have, if you have Christ in you, you have an advantage over just what we would consider to be natural wisdom or man's wisdom. You have an advantage of having God's wisdom. And that's a whole different thing. And so I want to talk to you about that this morning. How many of you, uh, if you had it to do over, you'd do some things differently in in life? Anybody? And you say, yeah, preacher, he's sitting right beside of me. That's not, uh, that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, probably not, anyway. But uh, uh, we all have some things. Boy, if I would have just done this or if I wouldn't have done that. Man, if I could have avoided that crowd, if I could have avoided it, uh, if I would have just avoided that night. How many of you uh, can look back over life, you've lived long enough to realize you missed some opportunities that you should have taken advantage of. Anybody? We all, we all have these, right? Some things that I wish I could do over if I had a chance to do over. Some opportunities that I didn't take advantage of. I was living, my wife and I, we were in Seattle in 1992 when Starbucks went public. We were in Seattle. We were at the, we were at the not that I've kept up with it and that I'm bitter about it, but I remember it going public. <laughs> It was $17. It's only 54 now, but it's been split six times. They said it was going public. We had just, we'd just, we'd only been out there for a year. Honest to goodness, we thought they were selling liquor on the street corners because of those, uh, all the caramel colors and all that stuff. We got out in Seattle and we thought, we went out to help start a church out there and we thought, man, this is one wicked city. They sell liquor on the street corners out here. 
honest to goodness, we thought they were selling liquor on the street corners. Come to find out it was all those caramel colored uh, pot of gold. Oh my goodness. Uh, that was the only thing that was hard to give up when we left Seattle was that uh, pot of gold out there. But, uh, but yeah, I had that opportunity and could have invested in it and didn't because I thought it's just coffee. This thing ain't going anywhere. Uh, little did I know. Well, this morning, if uh, you'll give me some, just a little bit of attention this morning and hang with me, I want you to have fewer of these, fewer of these if I had it to do over again. Fewer of those, uh, oh, I spotted the opportunity and I took it. Here's the thing. It's usually in hindsight, while we're going through the trial, that we discover that we needed more wisdom from the start. That's, this is sort of one of the, I call it almost one of the cruelties of life. It's usually while we're going through the trial that we discovered while we're going through it, Man, I don't know that I I don't know that I knew that it was going to be like this. And I wish I would have listened to somebody, paid attention to somebody, thought about it a little longer, that kind of a thing. You don't feel that until you get into it and it's not working out. For every young person in the room, the biggest decisions of our lives will come at an age when our experiences are limited and our wisdom is underdeveloped. Let that sink in just a moment. You think about, if, if you're young this morning, you think about, um, or if you at least feel young this morning, the biggest decisions of your life, life direction, all of that kind of stuff, relationships, who I'm going to date, marry, and all of this stuff, what I'm going to do with my life. You'll be asked by other people around you to to do things and to, hey, try this and go here and let's do this. You'll be asked those things and those things at the moment may not seem to be that big of a thing, but you're going to look back and say, those were some major turning points in my life. And I made those decisions when I really was beyond my, it was beyond my whole experience. And yet these decisions are going to be staring at you early, early on. And so uh, for the young folk in the room this morning and for those here who have young people at home or around us or we have influence with them, this is something that I would try to get them uh, to understand. You say, well, but they, they're not going to because some of them will. Some of them will actually listen. Often our choice and the result of that choice are separated by so much time and life that by the time you realize that you don't like the results, the choices are no longer available for you to make. Here's the downside, or here's the, um, here, yeah, the downside to not having super old, old people around us like they did back in the Old Testament days. Can you imagine where our country would be, say, as a country, if we could tap into, if we could sit down and have a conversation with a Thomas Jefferson? Uh, If you have that, now, we've got grandmas and grandpas and sometimes great-grandmas and great-grandpas, and let me tell you, uh, they're an absolute goldmine. And for every young person in the room, if you've got a grandparent still around, uh, hey, they may not 
they may not be on Snapchat or whatever, so you may not feel like they're in, in, the, in the groove, but I'm telling you, they got some experience and they can help you so much if you just listen. Because by the time you realize that you didn't have the wisdom that you needed, those choices are already gone. And there's so much time separated from my choice to how this thing is going to work out. Oftentimes, we don't even connect the two. I think if if every choice could be like uh, tasting wasabi. How many of you have had wasabi? I experienced it last year for the first time in my life. Now, I'd been to Japanese restaurants before, you know, like the ones down in town here, but we went to an authentic Japanese deal. Myself, my wife, my brother and his wife, a little quaint setting, and they had brought in a a Japanese chef from D.C. The food was really delicious, but they put this uh, little clump of uh, spice on my plate. It looked like a little piece of gold. Turns out to be a little piece of brimstone. I didn't know it was hot, hot, hot. And nobody told me it was that hot. Evidently, you take a little piece off, maybe mix some in your dip that you want to put the stuff in. I didn't do any of that. I just stuck the whole thing in my mouth. I got, I got so mad that, that the, and, and I love the folks that run the place. I know them personally. I got so mad that they didn't tell me. And now you can imagine, nobody at my table felt sorry for me. I drank everything on my table. I drank stuff off of the other people's table. I, that stuff burnt me up. And it was immediate. It didn't take long. Most choices aren't like tasting wasabi. It's not like, oh boy, I'll never do that again. Or if I do, I won't do it in the same portions that I did the first time. Most choices, you make the choice, doesn't really have much of a result, right? It doesn't have an immediate result, or if it does, you don't see it playing out. And one week, and one, and one time, one experience, hey, um, drink this, smoke that, try this, go here, do this. You do it, didn't seem to be that big of a deal, didn't seem to make that much of a thing. It was kindly fun to begin with. It kindly worked out for us. We had a really great time. And you don't piece it together that this, that, that decision put you on a different trajectory. Now, at the time you make the decision, it didn't seem like much different than your path where you're going. And if somebody would have set you down and said, hey, listen, the, the decision you just made is going to alter the quality of your life. You'd say, oh, no, 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 I'm still on, the, I'm still on track. I just want to try this. I just want to go there. I just want to, uh, so I'm still on track. But you don't understand over time how far that thing gets you off because it doesn't have this immediate sting. So it didn't burn me. And if it didn't burn me, it had to be okay. Not understanding the crowd that it puts you in, the folks that you're listening to, the people that you allow to influence you is going to have, an, is going to have a tremendous impact on your life later on. So uh, let's look at a, a verse or two. So the answer is to get wisdom and you need it. You need the wisdom before you come to the decision. You got to get it before you need it. Proverbs 4, 7 says this, wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Here's a verse. 
<laughs> you take the Bible and you, you imagine how many, how many truths are laid between the, the, the flaps of this book right here. Can you imagine? And you would say to yourself, man, Pastor it's, or, or, or Randall, it's just, it's just packed full of this, this, and I would agree with you. Here you have a verse saying to you, here's a principal thing. Get this. And yet most of us just sort of take what, what comes naturally to us. We learn, we, say, we learn as we go, we say. Is it possible to get some wisdom beyond our experience or beyond our years? Is that possible? And if that's possible, how in the world do you get a hold of it? I think it is, hence the message. It says this, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom with all thy getting, get understanding. Understand that it takes wisdom to know the value of wisdom. You say, now that doesn't much even make sense, does it? It does. It takes some wisdom, and you can get this wisdom by your experiences, but it takes some wisdom to know the value of getting wisdom or having wisdom. I love the verse here. In 1 Kings 3, 5, and 9, get this. The Lord said to Solomon, who is considered outside of Christ himself, the wisest man in all the world. The Lord said to Solomon, before his sort of life kicks off in the ministry and the kingship and all of that, he says to him, I'll give you anything you want. What do you want? You want riches? I'll give you riches. You want fame? I'll give you fame. What do you want? Solomon said this, Lord, I want wisdom. Now, he didn't say, I want wisdom so I can learn how to get the other stuff. He said this, give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad for who is able to judge this so great of a people. Solomon asked for wisdom. Now, the Lord told him later, because you ask for wisdom, you're going to get the other stuff as well. But now, wait a minute. Think about this just a second. What was, why was Solomon asking for it? Was he asking for it for himself? No. He had got placed in a situation to where he's making, life, he's making decisions for other people's lives. Can you imagine? Making decisions for other people's lives. It's one thing to decide for yourself. It's one thing to say, oh, I'm just hurting myself. Or I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I got to live for me. I'm just doing it for me. Solomon was making choices for other people's lives. Hey, listen, you don't have to be a king to be put in this position. Chances are almost everybody in this room are making decisions for other people's lives. If you're a parent, you're making decisions for somebody else's life. And Solomon was so sort of burdened with it. It was so heavy upon him. He, got, he understood, I got to have some wisdom here. My prayer for you is that you'll live a big enough life and be placed in situations that are big enough that can make a large enough difference in your world around you that the desire for wisdom will be right on the tip of your tongue. God, I got this kid. God, I got this job. Lord, I have this family member. God, I have this relationship. I need wisdom. You get wisdom. It takes wisdom to know that you need or that, to understand the value of it. Something else understanding. He said, with all that principal thing, get wisdom and get understanding. Second thing to understand is this. It takes wisdom to know how to use the wisdom you got. It takes some wisdom. So you get this naturally. 
But then you need wisdom to know how to use the wisdom. Case in point, look at the verse of Proverbs 26, 4 and 5. Check this out. It says, answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou also be like unto him. He said, that's pretty good wisdom. Don't get wrapped up, don't get wrapped up in arguing with a fool. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou also be like him. Really good wisdom. Oh, he's a fool. He's just foolish. He's just, he's just arguing to be arguing. Don't answer him because you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna look just like him. Very good wisdom. But the next verse, the very next verse says this. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. The verse before it said, don't answer the fool because you're going to look like him. The second verse, the next, very next verse said, answer the fool because if you don't, he's going to destroy his life. You can help him if you answer him. One verse right after another, two different things, two opposite things. One says, answer the fool. The other says, don't answer the fool. You got to know, you got to have some wisdom to know which one to do when. I've put this in there. This should be your Facebook's life verse. When that guy posts that thing and you say, oh, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Oh, I can't believe that guy would, I can't believe she'd post that. And you start to type something out because you want them to know that you think what they said was foolish. Answer a fool. Don't answer a fool according to their folly. Lest you seem just like them. Or, do answer a fool according to their folly. So that you might, uh, in, in, uh, so, they don't, uh, so they don't fall to their own conceit. Well, when is it appropriate to answer the fool? I'd say, my, my thing has always been, am I responsible for this fool? Do I have a responsibility to this person? If I have a responsibility to them, yeah, I'm going to speak up. So when I hear my 15-year-old kid, who I don't have any 15-year-olds anymore, uh, but I had four of them that went through that stage. When I hear them say something foolish, I'm going to answer. I'm going to say, no, that's not, I'm going to, you say, well, they're just going to, they're just going to ignore you. They might, but they'll remember that I said it because I'm responsible for them. And I don't mean fool in a harsh way. I mean, it's, you know, the, the scripture uses it here. So it's not a derogatory way. It's just somebody that does not know. And I'd also answer them if I knew that they knew that I loved them. And the only reason that I'm saying it, and the only reason that I'm bringing it up, is because I really do want to help you. But argument, for argument's sake, when you know that what you're about to say to the person, whether on social media or in person or in an email or whatever it is, argument for argument's sake, just to prove a point. <sighs> we got time for that. Just We're just going to let that go. So how do you get it? Yeah, last, last slide, last thing. How do we get it? Well, it starts with an attitude. 
If you want to have the kind of ground, the kind of heart that is that cultivates and can grow some wisdom beyond its years and your years, it starts with this attitude. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear is not afraid that, oh, it's not like the abusive father thing, I'm afraid. Fear here is an ultimate respect. It's a humbling thing. It's a thing that fights against man's own ego and our own pride. It's a recognition that I'm, I'm, I'm not all in all. I don't know it all. I can learn, I can grow, and there is one that is above all of it and one that is in charge of it. I'm not foolish enough to believe that the fruit that I do have in my life is, is because of me. I realize that the things, the, the things that I have in my life, the blessings that I enjoy, are because of a heavenly Father that has bestowed those blessings upon me. And so it's this attitude that you have that, uh, that allows wisdom to grow beyond its years. It starts with this attitude. Secondly, and I put it in the middle, but it's actually the, to me, it's the most important thing here is ask for it. Think about this just a moment. Not to, not to try to make any of us feel off or whatever, but when was the last time as a grown man or woman that you asked for wisdom? God, give me wisdom. There's something in the ask. There's something about that. Because when you ask for it, it sort of already means that you don't have all of it that you need. And there's something childish about asking, right, when we ask for something. Most grown men don't want to ask for anything. We would rather drive in circles for two hours than to ask for directions. We hate asking because it just, it, it just points the finger that we don't know something. And we all know that we don't know it. I just don't want to be reminded that I don't know it. Ask for it. I love this verse. Get this. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. You want wisdom? God will give you wisdom beyond your years. You have the heart, you have the right attitude for it to receive it and to accept it. He'll give it. And watch this. It's an old English word. But it says, and upbraideth not. He'll give it to you. You know what that upbraideth means? It means he doesn't scold you. Oh, I don't, yeah, I got to go to God and, I gotta, and, I, and I've messed up and I've, I know I've messed up. And oh man, I got to go to the Lord and ask for wisdom and ask for forgiveness and ask for wisdom. But I just hate, it's, it's like meeting that person that told you so. Here's the thing about God. He's not a I told you so kind of God. That is not your heavenly father. Your heavenly father is not an I told you so kind of father. Your heavenly father is the kind of father when you come and ask humbly, he gives it to you liberally. Doesn't scold you for not asking beforehand or you should have come to me a long time ago and I told you this was going to happen. And da, da, da. That's not what the verse says. It says ask. And he'll give it to you liberally. Last thing to watch in your life is to be able to discern it in yourself. Luke 7, 35 says this, Wisdom 
is justified of all of her children. The word children here has to do with the idea of your fruit or the results of your choices. So our, our level of wisdom is really not too hard to determine because it should be seen in the fruits of our labor or our choices. What happens, though, is sometimes we get into this vicious cycle of, I don't like the fruit that I'm producing. I don't like the results of my choices. And instead of humbling ourselves and coming to the Lord and saying, dear God, give me wisdom, we blame our, the fruit or our choices or the results of our life on somebody else or something else. Because that's a lot easier as a grown person, as an adult, to be able to blame it on somebody else than to say, you know what, I think it's me. So, Lord, I need it. I'll leave you with this. So when you ask the Lord for wisdom, and he says, I'm going to give it, he gives it to all men, how does God do that? So if I say right now, dear Lord, give me wisdom. He says he's going to give it to me liberally. How does he do it? Just, you know, top of your head, pours it in, head back on, you're good to go. How does God do that? I do think that there is a closeness there that you can have with the Lord. I think he can impress things upon your heart, give you discernment at the moment of decision. It's that thing to where you just like the Lord just, the Lord just led me to this point. And it is beyond my experience and it is beyond my years. I do believe that. I do believe there is that. But I also think God can use the experiences of our lives. And to let, to let, now here's the thing, we're all going through the experience, the, the, the question is, are you picking up on it? Are you seeing it as that? That this is a moment to where I've been asking the Lord for wisdom, I find myself in this thing, this mess, this problem or this struggle or this challenge, this may be the Lord's way of giving you wisdom. And then I firmly believe this, God will give it to you and use somebody else to do it. There was so much in the, there's so much in the Scripture about the, uh, the parent-child, the father-son relationship, the mentor uh, relationship, the old man, the old gal, the, the old person that you go to, somebody who's already been through everything you're going to go through. They may be able to guide you because they were successful in their choices, or they may be able to guide you based upon the, the mistakes that they made. Man, you ever, all of us ought to have some folks in our lives that we can glean from and ask. But I know that uh, when you get to uh, my 